Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Happy Redemption Thursday, and you know, basketball's on. Give you an update real quick. Uh, oh, how about that? People chiming in on our last discussion. It's true, man. That's a fun one to have. We were talking about Barry Sanders before the break, and it occurs to me that I've lived long enough now to be far enough removed from when Barry Sanders was in his prime and had the career that he did, of which I saw every second, including his college run. And I find it fascinating that, uh, that there are people Matthew's age, director Matthew's age, who is uh, considerably younger than, than, than me. Uh, are you even, what are you, 25, 26? Uh, I just turned 26 in December. There it is. There it is. Okay. So just under half my age, just barely. under. That's amazing. So... It you know it didn't occur to me till you brought it up and we were talking about the totality of the league and the and the male soap opera and the ownership groups and the the coaches and the players and the legacies of where they sit on you know and we came up with this fictitious giant quilt that you didn't get to see Barry Sanders play you didn't get to see him play in college you didn't get to see him play in the pros yeah he retired in what ninety eight ninety nine double check it I don't uh, the it's been that you know what happens with players it. it a lot of people can relate to this, and the playoffs make you nostalgic. We get into—I I think the divisional round's the best. And we were talking about uh, the Rams against the Bucks, and obviously the 49ers against the Packers. That we didn't even get to the Titans and the Bengals. I'll need to do that because I think that's a great game. I'm really excited about that game. Barry retired in '98, yeah. so I would have been turning three that year. It's remarkable. So you did not get to see him at all. I mean, not even one time. Can you remember sitting down on a couch watching a football game and seeing Barry Sanders did do what Barry Sanders does? And and so 
you know, that's remarkable because I saw all of his games and he was, he was a, a cheat code. He was a joystick. He was, he was insane. He did things that we had never seen before in a lot of ways. And obviously two different positions and Barry did it in a way that is greater than almost anybody to ever live. But Peter Warwick did that in college. Like you also didn't get to really watch that Peter Warwick in college, go look at the Peter Warwick highlight reel on YouTube. Go look at uh, somebody posted it not long ago. And every now and again, I just pull it up. And of course I, covered Peter Warwick and covered that Florida State team and was there covering the 1999 National Championship against Virginia Tech when he makes the catch that ends the game and told Chris Winkie in the huddle, let's end it, throw me the ball. And he goes and makes that play. So it's it's interesting to me, and I, I now I can feel a little of what my dad used to feel when I was obsessed with whatever modern player there was, and he would say, he reminds me of. I saw somebody on the chat brought up, Gail Sayers. I never got to see Gail Sayers. Now, I've watched highlight reels, and I know that, unfortunately, his career was derailed by a devastating injury, an injury that if they, it was to happen today, he would have been able to come back from. But back then, ACLs, they tore. That was it. That's it. That's all. It was tough. He would have come back in like four weeks yeah, the way we're going. He would have come back in like a month to start. But, yeah, he. I've seen those highlight reels. I wish I had watched Jim Brown in his prime. Obviously, nobody was built like Jim Brown at the time that he played. Like He looks very much like a modern player, the physique, the size. He would have been a big back, a bruising back. That also had patience, speed. He, he, Jim Brown is considered by many to have been, for a long time, I don't know if it's still true because the sport has grown so much, but at the time he was the, the greatest lacrosse player to ever live. I mean, he's that kind of an athlete. When you watch those guys, and, and you know, my dad would go, oh, you need to go back and watch these guys. Well, the vault to compare players to now, I, this, is the, this is the benefit of age. Like the size of the vault that I can reach into to see a modern player and say, hey, this guy's an awful lot like this guy. Because keep in mind, I start getting into football, and again, this is my favorite weekend of the year in the NFL, these divisional playoff rounds are my favorite because what you get here is enough games to satiate the appetite for good football, right? It's not like when you get in the AFC championship game, the NFC championship game, there's just one game on each side of the ledger. That's all you get. And you're reminded once we've whittled it down to that select group that football's almost over. And so it's a little bit like the 60 minutes theme tick, 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 tick in your head that depresses you on Sundays when you hear it. Like when you're watching a game, the 4 o'clock games on Sunday, and you see the 60 Minutes commercial, and there's the stopwatch, you instantly feel crestfallen, your heart sinks, you go into deep depression, even if you love your job, <laughs> and you're thinking, I'll watch 60 Minutes, it's great. But it's just damn depressing because it is an overwhelming red stop sign for the weekend. It's like, hey! Your fun is over. Let's buckle it up. In my case, it's like, get the kids' lunch ready for tomorrow morning. Get your ass in bed. The week starts. Let's get it on. Uh, that said, I was referring to the huge uh, vault of players to compare and contrast, and it is this is the weekend, so I'm thinking about the biggest games of this particular weekend, that my favorite in the NFL, right? I'm not talking about the games that are playing this weekend. I'm talking about all time. How many times I sat and watched 
these great players. Florida State comfortably ahead. 86-73, going to close out the victory today, guys. Uh, don't have to worry about the Ospreys. All is well. Knowles will get the win as expected. <laughs> I'm going to uh, respond to that in a second on the chat. But I'll give you the lowdown here. 21 out of Caleb Mills. 21 out of Matthew Cleveland. Some young guns. A lot of talent. Cleveland on the day, 8 of 16 from the field, 5 of 9 from the free throw line. 10 rebounds to go along with 4 assists, 2 steals, um, just 2 turnovers. Yeah, he's good. He's a good player. We've got 13 out of Ingom. Good to see him get some minutes. Uh, important that uh, we, we get, we get uh, greater depth and length as uh, he comes back to health. Uh, I think he can be a, a contributing factor. As for uh, the starters today, Butler with four, McLeod with two, Evans with seven, 21 from Caleb Mills, as I said. And uh, Polite adds nine and continues to be, well, a pretty good rebounder for sure. More efficient from the field today, four of seven, did not hit a three-pointer. 86-73 is now a final. Florida State wins, moves to... 12 and 5 and 8 and 1 at home. Next up, Miami. I fear, as I suggested yesterday, that's not going to be a great game. We need that number posted as soon as possible. I'll prize picks you on the college sports book as soon as we get it. And I'm going to be very curious. Florida State is going to be, and I think we'll see what the what the books do. Maybe a little overvalued because, obviously, it's been a good week. You come off the win against Duke. Prior to that, you got the road win, and you got the win over Miami. Florida State trending in the right direction, understandably so, all of a sudden back on the radar. But will they take a close look at what is being asked of this Florida State team, which is, again, three games, five days, two of them incredibly emotional. I just wonder if you don't have one of those games that every team has, and we see it constantly. And whenever I'm watching one of those, when you see a good team or a team that has played well get blown the hell out, don't you always go back then and look at their schedule? Do you try to see, oh, well, no wonder. They had the quick turnaround. Oh, they had two guys out from COVID. They didn't have their bench. There's always some reason where a team just gets boat raced after playing good basketball, and I'm worried. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But I'm worried that could be on the horizon for Florida State. Back to the NFC and AFC championship games, or excuse me, divisional round of the playoffs, which I, again, brace and and celebrate uh, and and get excited about because there's so many of those. I believe that um, this is where those memories are made. This is where you talk about guys like, I mean, I don't know... Tom Brady can't hurt his legacy if he loses on Sunday. It doesn't change anything. I mean, nothing's going to change for him. The guys that stand to gain the most in these playoffs this year, certainly Josh Allen, I would think that Patrick Mahomes can add to the legacy. If you think about, if you're going to go to AFC championship games and Super Bowls on the regular, even if you're not always winning them, and he's now one and one in Super Bowls, yeah, man, that that you're adding to your legacy. Titans, Derrick Henry. 
Maybe. Anything he can change if he has 200 yards upon coming back? By the way, took contact this week. Are we getting word on this? Is this accurate? I'm going to have to take a break. I want to hunt this down and find out if it's an accurate suggestion that's on the chat. Somebody texted me as well. We'll see uh, involving Florida State coaches and potential change. We'll see. I don't want to comment on it until we can get confirmation. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 see the bright lights and numbers i got a friend lives down there jeff cameron show 93.3 real talk radio glad i didn't respond because there is no confirmation of what somebody was alleging there. There has been talk and rumor for some time now about Ron Dugans, but nothing official coming out today. Don't know that there will be. I do know on our site, on warchant.com, you can read about Winston Wright, the transfer from West Virginia. And I'm excited about how he projects. Um, Obviously, a very, very productive receiver. Uh, If you go back and you're trying to find guys that have done it at the college level, trying to find guys that have done it in the Power Five, when you get transfer portal guys, you know, you I think most people look at it and say, all right, well, does it fit a position of need? Yes, the answer is yes in this case, big time. And then number two, what what evidence do I have that this is a guy that's going to come in and be a, a, an agent of change? Like we're going to see something from this group, this segment group that we haven't seen because this guy has arrived. And a lot of times in the transfer portal, those qualities aren't met. A lot of it's about potential. A lot of it's that this guy was unhappy being a backup somewhere or he had an injury that forced him to miss a season, and therefore, you know, maybe he fell further behind the depth chart, he became disgruntled, whatever. His time there wasn't uh, to his liking, so he puts his name in the transfer portal. And so you're getting a kid who was recruited already, and you go back and you look at his recruiting ranking, you look at who made offers to him before the injury, and you try to find out what does he project as. And it's hard to know that from a distance because you don't know uh, how a guy's rehab went. You just assume your coaches are doing their due diligence, that they're putting in the background work to doing all those things. That's what we did with the kid from Oregon at running back yesterday, is that we had the conversation about, well, that you know, this is what he was thought to be coming out of high school. This is why he was on our radar. If he's healthy, this is what he could be. But those are always big ifs. I love it when you get a guy like Winston Wright. He's been West Virginia's leading receiver the last two years. So you're not asking yourself whether a guy can play at this level. You're not asking yourself whether or not a guy can be productive at the Power 5 level. You're saying that guy has done those things. 
He had 63 catches for nearly 700 yards and five touchdowns last year. He would come in as a guy who has done it in the Power Five and immediately emerge as likely a pick to click. He'd be one. He'd be the first. Others, others, you'd look at and say, yeah, the potential is there, but the numbers aren't. You know, they're not there. Hell, one of the guys who I know a lot of people are rightfully excited about, I'm talking about Span. I mean, he has five receptions. So most of us kind of, well, you know, great. So you start asking around. You start trying to learn, well, how is it that that guy uh, was so well thought of by us? What was it that we knew? What was it that stood out about him that we would want him in the transfer portal? Like, you kind of get Micah Pittman, you think about the, the family pedigree. You think about what he was going to college. You know he can return punts. That's on film. So you're at least getting a guy who's going to help you immediately in an area of extreme weakness. And then, of course, if he emerges as a viable receiver to go with the skill set, then you get excited about all of that. That's true. But there's no doubt that the flyer you took is on a guy coming from Illinois that has five receptions. But the more you learn about that, the more you exci- more excited you are about what he could be. The problem for him is that he saw himself as a quarterback and really wanted to play quarterback, and his family really wanted him to play quarterback. And I don't know that the dedication and commitment to being a receiver was ever there, but if you look at body type and you look at speed, you're saying, okay, yes, please. You're going to take risks on athletic prowess. Jimbo used to talk about taking risks. If you're going to take them, take them, especially at the skill position, on speed. Because you can't teach that. can't teach that. Can a guy get up and go? Can he really get up and go? Because if he can, all these coaches think they can save everybody. All these coaches believe they'll be the ones that have the breakthrough that changes the mentality. Change of scenery, change of philosophy, different talking points, utilized in different ways. Come with me. I promise you, you'll take the leap that you were looking to make before. And these days it gets very interesting because we have assessed recruiters forever. That's what college football is, Jimmy's and Joe's. Bobby Bowden was a legendary recruiter. And when we think about the building of programs and the success of those programs, Pretty much they go hand-in-hand hand with those that have been able to walk into homes and convince parents, hearts and minds, of the children to come with them, especially if that child runs 4-2. So there you go, right? And when you get a guy, there are always question marks about, hey, well, you know, I like his coaching acumen. I think he's got the X's and O's. Can he recruit the state? Can he get the yeses from kids that change programs? All right. Well, now we do that. Not only with your standard coaching, but how well can you hit that transfer portal? How well do you monitor, assess, project, and convince kids in the transfer portal to come to your school to fill glaring needs? It's not just about the high schools now. It's about those areas of weakness because you're losing kids from your own roster to the transfer portal. So you're constantly re-recruiting your own roster, looking into the transfer portal, recruiting somebody else's roster to go along with the recruiting of high school kids. Man, it's exhausting. Good thing you paid well. But there is no time to make excuses. If you fail on a high school kid, you better fill it with a transfer portal kid. And if it's a kid that nobody knows or has very little production, unlike 
the aforementioned Winston Wright, who has a lot of production, it better be because you're taking a chance on the upside of pure speed and athleticism that few possess, and that's what he is. That's what Span is. That's, that's the potential that you're going to get in, and you're going to be able to convince him, hey, man, I think you need to be a receiver. I know Illinois told you this, and you didn't want to believe it. I don't know. It's one of those things where maybe you have to fudge the truth a little bit. You, you muddy the waters a little bit, Matthew. Maybe you say, well, you know, we, we certainly love you as a receiver, and we want you. We think that there's great opportunities for you at receiver here in Tallahassee. Our, our roster has got a little bit of a hole there at the position at the segment group, and so we'd like to work you in there. But we understand that you still, um, still want to play some quarterback. And, you know, I, I can't promise you anything about uh, being a starting quarterback or anything like that, but uh, maybe, maybe you're an, our emergency quarterback. Maybe you could be a guy that we turn to as an emergency option. It's not totally off the table. Of course, you have no intentions whatsoever of making him an emergency quarterback at all, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. So going back to Winston Wright, um, he's plug and play. He's plug and play. He's a guy that uh, I think comes in and is our one receiver from day one. And I think that uh, from there, uh, you know, we'll monitor the other guys. We'll talk about the other guys. I mean, there's film, obviously, on Wilson. There's, there's other guys that you can you like, but he's going to be. So go go to my point was I'm plugging the site. Go to warchant.com and, and listen to his interview, and he discusses his transfer and and you can learn a little bit more about who he is, but watch his film. He's a guy that gets right in. If you don't know, you hopped in your car. Maybe you're just joining the broadcast on Warchant TV. Florida State did win today over North Florida rather handily. It got a little dicey in the second half. Cut to five at one point. Uh, you're worried about not having the, the bounce in the step or the uh, focus mentally after a big win against Duke, but Florida State does win handily. Pulls away in the second half, 86-73. Led by, as I said earlier, Caleb Mills with 21, Matthew Cleveland with 21, others contributing greatly, Anthony Polite with 9, 13 from Ngom. Good to see him out there as well. You got 7 from Raekwon Evans. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Thursday means it's time to talk about my friends and partners at ISF as we solve for the future. ISF helps state governments. They help state governments solve the future through strategy, process, technology. Your strategy sets the bar for long-term focus and priorities. Those priorities determine the process needed to accomplish each step along the way. Once the right process is defined, you need the technology solutions in place to support your needs both now and in the future. And that's where ISF comes in. They're experts in helping you put those pieces together. They've worked in 18 states for state and local agencies, serving millions of citizens, 40 years in business. We know at ISF that you want to do amazing things, and you have goals, big goals, visions, for the future, you want to work hard and see your agency move forward and navigate those unique challenges inherent in government operations. We all know that, right? So 
They've been helping government clients solve the future for four decades. They're a strategy firm, as I said, in business for 40 years. Cool that they're here in Tallahassee and they're serving the entire country as well. You and your staff work hard. Let somebody work hard for you and become it, become more efficient. Get your stuff done. Your constituents depend on you. You've got brilliant ideas. You want to improve the processes. You want to streamline workflows. You want to introduce new technologies, reduce costly inefficiencies. ISF can help with all of those things. Check them out. Learn more about our friends and partners at ISF. That's ISF.com. ISF.com. I would start with uh, coaching. I mean, we talk about the NFL this weekend, and it's funny. It's, it's fun to kind of go back and look at uh, how these teams arrived. Think about the Tennessee Titans. So when you're solving for the future, you have to bring in a guy that can help get get you there. Mike Vrabel was the defensive coordinator with the Tennessee. Excuse me, with the Houston Texans. He was hired by the Titans. He inherited Marcus Mariota. Quickly realized Mariota couldn't play. That was a good decision. Moved on from there. He's gone 41 and 24. The team record prior to him taking over was 21 and 27. He's been to the playoffs four times, two and two, went as far as the AFC championship game. I'd say that was a good hire. The 49ers attempting to solve for the future. Kyle Shanahan was an offensive coordinator with the Falcons, took over a mess with the 49ers. And because of that, it's still sub-500, believe it or not. But he's 3-1 and one in the playoffs, advanced as far as the Super Bowl. So I'd say he turned things around prior to Kyle Shanahan being hired as head coach with the 49ers. They were 15-33 and 33 the previous three seasons. Kyle Shanahan has made a heck of a difference. I think you could probably argue that Bruce Arians belongs on this list of solving for the future. Bruce Arians good situation. I think Bruce is a guy that is an interesting coach to dissect because a younger version of Bruce Arians was extremely well thought of as a head coach with the Arizona Cardinals. And obviously you go back and you look at his history, you you understand that he's a guy, um, you know, who's older. He was brought, he's been brought in to rebuild franchises Certainly he couldn't have known at the time that he took the Bucks job that he was going to get Tom Brady. But it's a hell of a thing to, to, to be able to get when you're in your late 60s and you've already retired from coaching twice because of your health. So that's a guy that walked in and wasn't exactly on a five-year plan, but they brought him in because they knew that this was a lineup that was stacked. They wanted to see if they could get even more out of Winston. Then Brady became available. And they had the opportunity to grab the greatest player in NFL history, arguably certainly greatest quarterback, and they said, oh, yeah, we'll do it. And since that time, the Bucks are 5-0 and in the playoffs, won the Super Bowl, and they're 31-18 and under head coach Bruce Arians. Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills was an awfully good hire. You remember what Sean McDermott was prior to becoming the head coach with the Buffalo Bills? Had you even heard of him? You probably had. You knew him as a defensive coordinator. He had been with the Panthers. But he's a robust 49-32 and 32 since taking over uh, with the Bills. They were 24-24. and 24. They were mild, you know, mired in mediocrity, 500. In fact, 
before he got there. Three and three in the playoffs as he's built this thing up, advanced as far as the AFC Championship game. Quarterback he inherited at the time, Tyrod Taylor. Okay. All right. They benched him for Nathan Peterman. Oof. But Peterman immediately ceded the job back to Tyrod Taylor. Was that the game he threw like five picks in the first quarter or something? Yeah, yeah. That was was a toughie. Lest we forget, by the way, Taylor led them to a win over the Chiefs. Bills got help from the Bengals, made an unlikely trip to the postseason that year. They lost to the Jags. Lost to the Jags in the playoffs. Weird conversation to have. The Bills have been rebuilt in the image of Sean McDermott. And uh, Brandon Bean was hired as the team's GM in 2017, coming over from Carolina. They knew each other well. And then selecting Josh Allen, which, by the way, at the time was maligned, and early on didn't look great, has turned out to be the right thing to do. And you've got a duo at safety in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer that can really play. And this is a fun team to watch. And we'll see if McDermott ends up maybe being atop this list at some point if they go to the Super Bowl. And certainly they are a contender. Matt LaFleur with the Packers. So they've done everything except win a Super Bowl. He's 39-10 and 10 as the Packers coach. That doesn't suck. 2-2 two and two in the postseason with a notable home loss in the NFC Championship game to eventual Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay. Did inherit Aaron Rodgers, unlike others on this list that we're documenting as having inherited guys that they needed to move on from, he inherited the most talented quarterback in the league, at least when we're talking about arm talent. They went 13-3 and in 2019, 13-3 and in 2020, 13-3 and in 2021. Here's a little 13-3 and for that ass is what Matt LaFleur said the day he arrived, and it's happened each and every year. Now, again, they were blown out by the 49ers in the 2019 NFC Championship game. Not good. Lost at home to the Bucks in the same game the following season last year. And he did make a decision to kick an infamous field goal in that game that stains the legacy a little bit, stains the resume a little bit. People are like looking at him, two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you for that. And then finally, solving for the future is what the Los Angeles Rams did by hiring a boy wonder at the time, Sean McVay, Coming over as head coach, he had been to, can you name it? Can you name where Sean McVay was? I knew I'd put you on the spot with this one, Matthew. A lot of people don't. And I think, uh, in truth, had I not read this this morning, maybe I hadn't. Where was Sean McVay before becoming the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams? A decision at the time that a lot of people thought, well, that's rather remarkable. I have not one clue. He was the offensive coordinator for Washington. Since he has become the head coach of the Rams... They're 55 and 26. They've gone to a Super Bowl. They're 4 and 3 in the playoffs. The team record prior to him getting to Los Angeles was 17 and 31. The last winning season it had posted before McVay arrived was in 2003 when McVay was a 17-year-old junior quarterback in Georgia, running back Steven Jackson's entire career came and went without the Rams posting a single 9-win season. 
They have posted a winning season in each of McVay's first five years. Turned them around immediately. In his first offseason with the team, he and GM Les Snead signed Robert Woods, Andrew Whitworth in free agency, drafted Cooper Cup, Gerald Everett, John Johnson, traded for Sammy Watkins. It's gone pretty well, save for the souring of a relationship with Jared Goff, but my relationship with Jared Goff would sour too. If I'm trying to win a Super Bowl and I'm staring out there at you, Jared Goff, I'm thinking that ain't going to happen. So there's your list, and that's how you solve for the future, and it's fun. I really am going to guess, even if you're a die-hard football fan, I'm betting most people miss the Sean McVay thing. The Eagles saw him two times a year, and I had no no idea. (laughs) So he was there with Cousins and RG3? Yeah, pull up Sean McVay. Uh, it is kind of cool. I mean, all you know what you remember most about him is like when he got hired. I can remember us saying this. Yeah, he was. He was. He was there. This is how long he was in Washington. Okay. By the way, he was an office offensive of assistant assistant. I can't speak in Tampa Bay with the Bucks in '08. Was he twelve? He's thirty five years old. How? I mean, goodness gracious, I'm not far off. So, he had a one-year stint with the Bucks. Then he was with the Florida Tuskers in 2009 as a wide receivers coach. He got hired by Washington as an offensive assistant in 2010. Then he became the tight ends coach 2011 through 2013, still in Washington. Then he became the offensive coordinator, so he's rising through the ranks quickly. 2014 through 2016, and then he became the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams in 2017, and they've had nothing but winning seasons. They've gone to the playoffs. By the way, he was the NFL Coach of the Year in 2017. Yeah, man, the old 55 and 26 in the regular season. He's got a plus winning percentage in the postseason. Only thing that eludes him is a Super Bowl, and obviously they've added up. Chips are in the middle of the table this year for this particular um, run at the Super Bowl. It's interesting because we've seen teams recently who've done what the Rams have done. If you don't win it and you've got a very tight window, you're hitting the reset button and you're in for some losing seasons that you've been able to avoid up to this point and all of a sudden you go from boy wonder to being sour. Fans aren't patient, man. It's a it's a salary cap league and they know that it's built around going 8-8 eight and eight in theory. So if you stay sub-500 for two and three years in a row, you go from great head coach to this guy's lost his mind, at least in the mindset of the fans. The Rams kind of, you look at their salary cap situation need to win it this year. Really tragic to see the Saints that did the same thing and then came up short, just didn't, couldn't do it, and now you know, missed the playoffs. It hurts me. They've had some guys banged up. they got others they won't be able to re-sign. It's really trending in the wrong direction for them. My heart bleeds. Unlike some franchises who pony up and win the Super Bowl in their first year and then play with house money the next year. You've seen in that very same division – that play out that way. And when you say pony up, you're, t- you're not talking about like bounties on other quarterbacks. No, no, no. We're talking about doing the right thing, bringing in the right free agents, signing the right guys, making a run at a Super Bowl, completing successfully that task, and then going back and re-signing that same group to make a second run at it right there in your own division. 
showing you how that works. It's Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Notes out of the NFL before we get to Big Daddy J and some selections. Bengals will have their top pass rusher available for Saturday's game. Trey Hendrickson successfully cleared the concussion protocol, will play against Tennessee in the AFC divisional round playoff game. That, according to Zach Taylor, head coach Cincinnati. Good. Fun game, man. Can Cincinnati block it up? And how effective is Derrick Henry on the other side running the ball? First game back. Good to have that monster back in time for the playoffs. Imagine the first time. I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, he is he's built differently, to say the least. So, you know, Alabama's got a slew of, as we like to say, preternaturally great athletes. What you're molding and developing at Alabama when the freshmen come in is something Slightly different than what we see pretty much everywhere else in the country. And that, therein lies kind of that distinct advantage that at some point we'd like to see us gain back again, like we did in 2013 with a team full of NFL players. But I would guess, and I'm sure this has been documented, and maybe I'm just positing this when I should go back and look before doing so, but don't you think Derrick Henry walked onto campus that first year at Alabama and even amongst those athletes, as big, strong, fast, talented as they are, heads turned? I mean, who's built like that that runs like that? When you see those advanced numbers, like the top-end speed, the stop-start, when you see that, when you see those numbers, it's, it doesn't seem possible for a man of that size. Who are your three favorite players in the league? One quick note on the Derrick Henry thing. This is Tom's favorite picture. It's him standing next to? Mark Ingram is not a small person. Well, he's a thick person. He isn't a tall person. But, yes, that picture is, if you're watching on War Chant TV, there's a picture of Derrick Henry standing next to Mark Ingram as they come out to midfield that's this coin toss. I don't. I'm, I don't know what game this is, and it's it's just the dumbest thing ever. In fact, it's awesome. I would not want to tackle that. That's an understatement. 
You can't help it. You can't, you're like, I'm a grown man staring at this other man in awe. I'm, I know Derrick Henry isn't uh, Hulk Hogan in terms of, of, I mean, he's a better athlete than Hulk Hogan, but you know what I mean? Like, he's Hulk Hogan's six foot eight, 300 and whatever pounds. I met Hulk Hogan as a kid. You grow up in St. Pete, almost everybody met Hulk Hogan at some point. I met him twice. He was in a little cafe in downtown St. Peter. He also on the beach one time. And I remember thinking, well, there's something unsettling about meeting another human being. And this is especially true when you become a grown-up. There's something unsettling about meeting somebody who, despite your best efforts, even when you're at peak strength in fitness, like the strongest you ever were, the most flexible, fast, strong, explosive you ever were in your life. There's, there's, not, there's something really unsettling about being that or something akin to it and meeting a man that you know if he decided to do unspeakable things to you. Just to grab, manhandle, and, and you know, kill whatever, okay? That you couldn't do anything about it. I'm talking about just a person grabbing you. I saw... I want to say... Derrick Henry looks like a guy who could do what I just described. I want to say 2002-ish, my dad took me to a WWE live event in Tallahassee. We went to Chili's beforehand. And you ran into some guys? Triple H was sitting there. And this is the peak of Triple H. Yeah. I mean, he is... Being massive, yeah. That's a big dude. He was almost hanging out out of the booth. He's so big. Wrestlers are, are a strange breed. Uh, I, I was in a pro-am uh, down at Doral. That sounds really, really hoity-toity, and I mean it to be because it was really cool. And that's where I did jello shots with Mike Tyson, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but the point would be that when you look at – when you were and you're around these guys, uh, and, and the, the WWE was a big part of this, that they had uh, – golly, I – 15, 16 different wrestlers that were at this thing. I took a picture. I posted it. It's uh, me and Sergeant Slaughter. I saw old-ass Sergeant Slaughter, who's still a pretty big dude. Uh, but I stood behind the big show. We're walking to the golf course, and the big show is right in front of me. That is, that's a different, that's a, that doesn't even seem real. Um, it's, it's, it's weird to look at a guy, another human being, like you're thinking, well, that's not a human being. Yeah. By the way, Hulk Hogan is not 6'8", he's 6'7". He's not 6'5", as the person on the chat suggested, he's 6'7". Um, either way, 6'7", 300 plus pounds built like that. And when I saw him, it was 30 years ago. That's a, that's a different deal. Old, old Terry is a big guy. That's what those vitamins do for you. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Cue it up. Hey, Big Daddy. Having some red Russians tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Into an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy. An empty net. He scores. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. 
Yeah, I still going to go with a teaser probably, as I uh, said on yesterday's show. I'm kind of wrestling with these games. I'm going to have to get better at it for tomorrow. But this all brought to you by our friends at North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. As for tonight, a little bit of college basketball I'm inclined to look at Arizona Stanford under 152. That's just me. Now, if we're gonna if we're gonna want a game here, I think we're gonna keep talking about the teasers that we came up with earlier. I gotta tell you, I love the guy in the chat who somehow has worked in an eight and a half point four team parlay. If you can find that and you can manipulate lines, and it's a lot of fun, and I would tell you to shop around and do just that. That's a blast. You start getting to a place, Matthew, where you where you feel like you can't lose. Of course. For you to hit, every one of them has to hit. It takes one team to muck up the works. But uh, I have uh, not been this perplexed as to uh, a game just citing a winner. I last week went undefeated. I was certain about the games that we selected last week on this show. I took San Francisco to beat Dallas and Dallas. Obviously, I had the Bucks to beat the Eagles. And I'm talking about the spreads. Got all of these. Chiefs, obviously, in a whitewash over the Steelers. That game was never going to be closed. It wasn't. We went through. I had the Bills beating uh, New England, obviously. And we went through all these games. This is opposite week, man. Tennessee and Cincinnati flummoxed. Packers and 49ers, given the stats I gave earlier, the 49ers run the football. The Packers don't stop the run. Could get interesting. I still think the Packers win, but it could get interesting. I'm not willing to give the six. I think the Rams should actually be a slight favorite given the Bucks injuries. So I guess I'm maybe telling on myself in that I would probably take the Rams getting the three, but I don't feel great about it. I don't have the same degree of certainty that I did last week on these games. And I don't like to give just to give. We get to this stage, I want to kind of figure out. And you can't. You said it earlier. Neither of us can really feel comfortable at all placing a bet on a side with Cincinnati—excuse me, with Buffalo and Kansas City. I just know I can't wait to watch that damn game. No, that game, that that game could be 35-10 either way or 35-34, I think. Woo! I want—it's rare that it happens, but occasionally we get it. You get a matchup that looks like it's potentially all-time great. And it lives up to it, and it becomes all-time great. And we go, this is awesome! Especially if you don't have a team that you're siding with. You don't like. I'm just going to watch that game. I don't have to bet on everything, just so you know. I'm just going to watch that game and enjoy the hell out of that game and hope we actually get 35-34. You know, whatever, 41-38. Give us what that screams, at least on paper, please. Hmm. Pretty cool when you get games like that. When you get two teams that um, you wanted to see play uh, from, you know, and I know they met up the first time, but you you wanted to see this game. We've been talking about it for a while, and now we get the opportunity. Good work out of you. Thanks to all of you. Recap real quick, by the way. Florida State did win today comfortably. If you're just jumping on, want to know Knowles won over the Ospreys, uh, twenty plus for Mills, twenty plus for Cleveland, and now. Do they have the legs to go on and get the win against Miami? Don't know. 
that I don't that I don't feel good about. If that line comes out tomorrow, I'll give you a side on that one too, even though I don't like to touch the Knowles unless I feel really good about it. All right, good work out of you, Matthew. Good work again to all of you. Thanks so much for watching. Appreciate you. Be well. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Peace. <laughs>